The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to the Rough House Podcast. Yeah! The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast courtesy of the Realm Network here at the Rough House where black people and white people watch wrestling and Hispanic people too and all people. Terrible ska song stuck in my head. I don't what? know. What? It's less. It's, well, it's not terrible. It's less than Jake. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's in my head, but I woke up and it was in my head, and I'm Welcome. not sure why. Welcome to the ska cast, everybody. <laughs> after, after a week like this, Chris, I, I think the the general idea is just to leave wrestling talk entirely. Because yeah. Being a weekly pro wrestling podcast is proving not to be a wise idea. <laughs> it's exhausting right now. Oh my god! Like you said when we when we first got on to to chat, uh, it feels like last Sunday, prove uh, not proving grounds, stomping uh, ground, stomping grounds was uh, was like two months ago. It, it feels like that. Like that. Yeah. The, this week had basically like the 2019 version of the highlights of the Monday night wars in a one week span <laughs> in one week. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to, uh, a lot to, a lot to handle here. Yes. Uh, so let's just talk about less than Jake, you know, either, um, <laughs> I think, yeah. I think why is because they, I had a couple friends up a warp tour yesterday and oh, then somebody okay. posted that less than Jake was playing. And then I guess that sub whatever part of my brain that was like, Oh, ska, let's play some yeah. horns and such so so there we go maybe that was it i don't know i I can't Uh, try and diagnose my 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 ska brain weirdly enough uh at warp tour yesterday because they were i I guess they're doing just like a one-off warp tour festival as a traveling thing traveling yeah uh gcw of uh joey janela's spring break fame was running two shows there yeah that's a smart tie-in there yeah, they they ran two events there, uh, including one where they just had a match that went out to brawl on the beach there in beautiful New Jersey. <laughs> oh, God, watch yeah. out for the needles. Yeah, I know. Oh, I mean, look, that's standard mo for GCW. They oh, they that's, deal that's with true. deal with that sort of thing anyway. But um, yeah, dude, uh, what a week! What a week! Uh, like just picking any topics like fish, you know, shooting fish in a barrel here um, because we want to go chronologically. Do we want to start with the, we want to go backwards. I don't know. uh, I, I think 
I think it might be our best, but I'll just say this right now. Probably going to be an extra long episode this yeah. week because there's that much to talk about. Um, I think probably going chronologically is the best way to go because uh, it allows us to hit on a few different things. Right. So Sunday night was stopping grounds, uh, a show yes, that neither was. one of us were super optimistic about, but you know who was optimistic about it? Seth one freaking Seth Rollins. Rollins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow. Seth now is uh, not the time to show us how poor your Twitter game is compared to your girlfriend. Um, uh, are, wait, are you, are you trying to tell me that Seth Rollins is Becky Lynch's girl, uh, boyfriend? Yeah, apparently, apparently I, mean, I, I would, I would have never known that had you not just now told me that because it wasn't <laughs> mentioned 50,000 fucking times throughout the broadcast. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm over it already. Like yeah. I love, I love those two separately. I love that there are a couple IRL, but on screen, I, it's just going to get fucking awful. And it's already showing shades of that yeah. as we lead into extreme rules here. And just, you have two champions that are great and mm -hmm. fan favorites. Mm -hmm. Just let them be, let them do, let them do their own thing and slap each other on the ass backstage or whatever. It doesn't yeah. have to be a main storyline, but Lo and behold, here we are. Um, you know, the uh, again, we're jumping to the end of the show here, but so we'll go back. Yeah, Seth Rollins tweets earlier in the day that WWE is the best pro wrestling on the planet, yep. which you know, in and of itself, is not a it's, it's not a shock of a tweet to come from Seth. No, no, he's, 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 he's the, the champ. He's yeah. the guy, and 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 I get it. Take pride in your work. Take pride right. in what you do. Take pride in who you work for. Awesome. Thing number one that I'm just going to point out here, because okay. with all of it, you can just shoot holes in all the Twitter logic that was being thrown out there. Thing number one, WWE is not professional wrestling. They themselves hate the term professional wrestling. So therefore, you're already working off a flawed premise there, Seth. You say you're yeah. the best sports entertainment in the world. Maybe, yeah, you're being a company line guy, but you're being a company line guy anyway. Right. Um so already not so much and uh yeah the that alone started to get the internet fired up yeah i mean you know but again it, he's he's the champ he's you know the one with the company on his back right now sure. for you know so I, and again i get that but yeah to your point you know if you're going to lean into it then lean in full on be the company man and use their nomenclature which he did yeah. not do so you know i i can see where that was the first red flag of of many throughout the course of the week and through this whole ordeal here yeah so that was the first thing and by the way if he if he jumped on and said we provide you the greatest entertainment in the world cool no sure. one would have mind we provide you one of the greatest shows on earth i mean hell ringling brothers doesn't exist anymore say you're the greatest show on earth cool yeah. company man total thing fine don't care but like from the jump it's clear seth is trying to troll a bit so we get to the pre-show and the pre-show has uh what i thought was one of the highlights of the entire card the uh triple threat match for the cruisador belt uh yeah. Brady, tony niece drew gulak and akira tozawa uh drew gulak winning the cruisador belt big shock for me i'm excited yeah, i wasn't expecting that yeah, I love that guy. Like, that's that's fantastic, and I'm really excited for him that, you know, because that's a guy who I've seen come up, you know, from Chikara and then pop up here. So uh, that that's awesome. So, of course, Seth jumps on Twitter again. 
and is like, I, I dare you to find a match better than that. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, it was very good. Not like the best match I've seen all year. No. Um, and arguably not the best match of the night, but it was a very good match. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But but cool. Fine. Whatever. Fire flag, brother. Yeah. Brother, yeah. brother. Proud of you. Happy for you. Thank uh, you, Seppi. And again, you're even though you're not the man, that's Becky, you're the man. You, you, you've been appointed as champion. Cool. The man's man. Fly the flag. Yeah. So I, I, I have no problem with him being this guy going out there and saying, oh, you know, that was an awesome match. So we get into the main show. Uh, Becky Lynch and Lacey Evans kick it off. Probably uh, not the smartest match to to kick off the show proper, especially no. following the Cruisador triple threat. I probably yeah. would have opened with the tag match. Um, you know, the KO New Day, uh, yeah. Sami Zayn sort of bit. That probably would have been a better opener. Um, yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> Becky pulled her weight and a lot of Lacey's weight in that yes. match again. Um, so, you know, and this is this is kind of where the the separation from pro wrestling and sports entertainment uh, comes into play because Lacey Evans is an entertaining character, very much um, so. But when it comes to the sports side of things, it's the disconnect is 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 very wide. Yes, um, and you know she's been thrust upon this position of you know put in main event feuds with the champion, and the the work rate isn't. Uh, kind of where it needs to be but you know again it, it's it's the ratio of sports to entertainment and for mm -hmm. what wwe does and what they look for it's passable enough for them but you know to some of the discerning eyes uh ourselves included and the people who you know watch other things for different reasons it just falls flat Right, right. There, there's a there's a deficiency in what a Lacey Evans brings to the table versus, say, you know, a, a Charlotte or a Bailey or even an Alexa Bliss. I know Alexa yeah. isn't everyone's cup of tea, but um, in ring at least. But you know, she she tends to straddle both of those worlds. Well, hello there, uh, mm. a, a bit better mm. than most. Um, Lacey, mm. though, the scales are definitely not in the wrestling favor. Like Lacey would be an amazing valet, an amazing manager. Like why yeah. she isn't like, I don't know, managing a, a heel stable of MAGA chuds. I don't know. But, <laughs> but fact is she's in Chud. the spot she is. And uh, it, it, it strikes me. She may be the type of person to get a million and one chances to get over because she has such a strong game on half of that. Well, and it's it's apropos that she's teaming with Baron Corbin because he's pretty much in the same goddamn situation. Although I will say Baron Corbin is much more of a, a, a better hand in the ring than Lacey Evans. Oh, but, absolutely. You know, the fact that he's, you know, as we talked about last week, he was the one that was blamed for, you know, the show sucking. And then he keeps getting put in the main events. And again, we're getting one again next month. So, yeah. you know, they're they're contradicting themselves. At but you know what? Extreme Rules is a bit of a bit of ways away, and there are big changes coming to to Raw and SmackDown, which we'll get to later on. So I'm not I'm not holding that card as something that may not change. You know, there's a possibility things could change. Now, 
probability is low, but possibility yes. is there. And I, oh, sure. you know, with WWE, sometimes I like to be an optimist because I want to enjoy a lot of the things that they do, yeah. Yeah. but like the main event, but then they do stuff like the main event that makes it impossible for me personally to enjoy what's happening. Yeah, I I don't know if it's abundantly clear. I'm, I I I hope you, the OG five thirty eight, are 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 with us on this. Our negativity does not come from a place of bias. Our negativity comes from a place of disappointment. Yeah, we know the show can be better. We want the show to be better, and instead, we're we are being given less than. Um, although on the whole, as negative as you and I yeah. both were, right. heyo. Uh, as you and I both were on the whole negative about the potential of stomping grounds, I thought up until the main event, very watchable show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it wasn't a WrestleMania equivalent event. No, um, no, you only get those in Saudi Arabia, but you know, there were some, um, really, there were a couple really good matches and a bunch of good matches. So, and a couple, you know, a a me one or two in there yeah. as well but yeah you know in in terms of a wwe pay-per-view uh in 2019 with what the creatively they have going for them it was probably better than uh than we had expected yeah so that rolls into what i feel like we're like the one two best matches of the the show proper uh we had kevin owens and Sami Zayn against the new day of it, xavier woods and big e yeah i loved this match it was super fun big e is definitely back to doing wild shit like spearing people to the floor God, um damn spot and you know he, didn't he just have a knee problem he did he did he just, he just came back from that and he's still doing that move god bless yes. you uh, now, I will say this. I have no idea what show Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens are a part of anymore. I don't know that it matters. Wild card. Uh, but on the wild card show. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that match a lot. And I could watch this guys have like a best of seven series tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so I enjoyed that. A ma another match I enjoyed very much. Ricochet. Holy shit. Winning the U.S. title over Samoa Joe. Uh, Ricky. Yeah. Uh, Irish superstar Ricky O'Shea uh, <laughs> getting that big win uh, that you and I were going back and forth on when we were doing our, our prediction show as yeah. to whether or not it'd be a good idea to, to pull the trigger on him this fast. Um, it was not as great a match in my mind's eye as I wanted it to be, but I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, I feel like um, it was just ramping up. And then it got to the finish, uh, yeah. like another five to seven minutes really would have uh, put it up to the next echelon there. But, you know, the the story of, you know, big man versus a uh, flippy fast guy uh, was very well performed. And, you know, Ricochet got a chance to show off all of his crazy acrobatics. Joe got to be, you know, the monstrous kind of guy. If, if there is a downside to the match. And again, I'm a huge Ricochet mark uh, from back in the day. Uh, Prince Puma for life um yes. but you know joey samoe it, it's another stop start for joey samoe which is a damn shame because it's it's kind of made me accept the fact that that's kind of just what he's going to be through the rest of his run at wwe he's going to be a guy that you know is a an immediate credible threat mm -hmm. uh but is easily overcome um and i guess you need guys like that but he's such a talent um you know both on mic and in ring that i do kind of feel a little bad for joey samoe but i'm sure he's making some good money so. and uh it, based on what we saw on raw it's okay he's gonna be main eventing soon anyway so. that's true that, well uh, i mean or at least 
main eventing on one of the brands. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. Going so, for the main title. Exactly. So then after that, we got uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan defending the SmackDown Tag Team titles against Heavy Machinery. Uh, what metal shirt was Rowan wearing, if you remember, Chris? Uh, I don't. Okay. I don't remember this. Did you ever watch the fucking Glory Hammer video? I did. That was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. That, that was amazing <laughs> and beautiful. And if we can find a way to link it in the show notes, we should. Um, I just needed that. Uh, I just needed that. I just needed you to see that to to comprehend my level of excitement for it. Yes. Yes. No. It it, it was amazing in every possible way. Yeah. So much cheese. Similar to this match. This I did not anticipate this match being as fun as it was, but I really enjoyed it. I mean, Daniel Bryan was working for four there, but uh, <laughs> I, I thought it was great. And I thought uh, the the Tacoma Washington crowd, although uh, small in number, they came out in force for this match. Um, really fun chants, really silly moments. Uh, I, I just thought it was an incredibly entertaining tag match. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I think that Daniel Bryan is kind of the perfect foil for heavy machinery. Yes. Uh, it it yes. works so well. And the promo um, earlier in the show, I think, was it in the pre-show? I think I think that, we're on the pre-show. Yeah, that uh, that Brian cut on heavy machinery was fucking fantastic. You know, it was it was uh, it was just well performed. And I don't know. I I want to believe that the ref jumping into the frame was not planned, and Brian just ran <laughs> with it because that's fucking fantastic. Was it Kyoto? I think, or was I, it? I think it was Kyoto. Yes, it was. It was hysterical. But Brian in that promo put over the amateur accomplishments of heavy machinery, which, you know, kind of made you give a little bit more of a damn about these two goofy guys right. uh, in the ring. It gave them a little bit of credibility. And that's, that's, that's what I love about a Daniel Bryan. And then in the match, like you said, Bryan was working for working for four there. But you know, it was it was it was fun and it was entertaining. And you know, that's that's the mixture of uh, sports and entertainment that kind of hit the right uh, mixture ratio there. Yeah, uh, for me in terms of enjoying WWE, like I wasn't expecting. Uh, a five-star barn burner out of this no, match. No, that, no. that one was always going to be fun. Uh, and, and, you know, tag team wrestling in and of itself is a little more exciting than, than a regular one-on-one match because oh, yeah. there's so many different layers and things you can do. So, yeah, I, I, I quite enjoyed that as well. And, you know, I don't know if we're going to be building to a, a four-way for those match for those titles at Extreme Rules or not because uh, everybody's kind of getting involved in that feud. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it would yeah, be very and, cool if it were. It'll be great um, yeah. for it. Uh, so after that, uh, we had Bailey defending the SmackDown title against Alexa Bliss. Thought it was a fine match. Thought it was fun. Um, I, I'm actually looking forward to more because it looks like the direction they may be going in is Alexa Becky. Uh, once Becky gets out of the Lacey Evans thing, um, I, I think that that will be better. I don't know if you saw there was like some footage that came out from the match they had in Tokyo this weekend. Okay. Uh, basically, they had a really fun and awesome chain wrestling segment that I can't wait to see on WWE TV proper. Well, Lexi's been working with uh, Quackenbush. Yes, so, yes, indeed. Uh, that's definitely going to do nothing but help her. Let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on the Nikki Cross uh, Alexa Bliss situation? I'm into it. Yeah, I, I like it uh, mostly because, hey, Nikki's on TV. I like the rest of Sanity. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, although Sanity, I guess, doesn't exist anymore. As uh, Spoiler for NXT tapings. Killian Dane uh, popping up there. Actually, I think they... You got a vignette. Yeah, you got a vignette this week anyway. So yeah. 
So there's that. Uh, Alexander Wolf Wolf the UK. UK. And apparently uh, Eric Young is now a producer for 205 Live. So I saw that. Yeah. Thanks to yeah. Colby Carino for breaking that news to us. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I also like the fact that it's showing her, um, her range as a performer. She's not just like creepy, weird, yelling Nikki Cross. Like, Which is great. I love that. But oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I I just think it's cool that she's being able to do more, and she's not necessarily being pigeonholed. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the money is eventually she's going to snap, turn on Alexa, and then that's going to be a big feud. Sure. Um, but for now, I really enjoy it. I think it's really fun. I think they should probably get a run with the smackdown tag not smackdown uh women's tag titles uh at some point i think that'd be I, really I, fun too oh my gosh i could the, the just the promos alone between you know just the iconics running down those yes. two uh yes. verbally would would be outstanding yeah i'm, I'm all for that yeah you gotta be joking me chris you gotta be joking <laughs> um <laughs> this is where things started to get a little uh wavy for me uh yeah. roman reigns defeating drew mcintyre i would not have thought after last fall the amount of goodwill and the amount of love that everyone put out into the world for roman reigns that he would come back and within two months of returning he'd be in the same damn place of being booed by a wishy-washy crowd well that's on them um because oh, they, yeah. they've really done nothing uh with i mean I guess momentum isn't really the appropriate term, but you know, they had a story, yes. uh, you know, the feel good story, the return story. And he's just been feuding with fucking drew McIntyre since March, since he yeah. came back. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're three months into this. Now you, they've thrown Shane McMahon in it. Now the fucking undertaker is getting involved and Jesus Christ, you're just destroying any last segment, uh, of goodwill that I had towards the guy. And was it like one of the, the, the feathers in Roman's cap supposed to be that he retired the undertaker? Like, yeah. Yeah, why well, I don't well, I understand. Mean, everybody retired the Undertaker at this point. I don't understand why the Undertaker's teaming with Rome. I mean, unless I think it's a respect be, thing. Unless that's going to be an angle. I mean, uh, they, they could they could stretch this motherfucker out, man. Well, the man. rumor is that uh, Taker handpicked McIntyre to work with, mm. so that's going to be a feud either to SummerSlam or who the fuck knows. Uh, yeah. Fucking yeah. Undertaker. Like I said, we we like I said last week, we are fast approaching a can't miss prospect in the returned fired up Drew McIntyre becoming a must miss one. Like I I my my patience with him is running thin, <laughs> and it's not about him. It's about that I just don't want to see what they have planned for him. And putting him with Shane McMahon's the opposite of helping. It's hurting. Yes. Yes, it's it's very weird. Uh, Kofi and Dolph Ziggler had a cage match, which was okay. Um, I I loved the finish though. The finish was uh, fun. That was that was the only redeeming thing in the match, really. Because, yeah. you know, I've I've said it uh, multiple times. WWE cage matches are just they suck. I hate. In my mind, a cage match is you're in a cage, so you can't escape. <laughs> so yeah. you can settle your score. Yeah. And the whole thing is built around escape. I mean, it, I guess that's kind of what Hell in the Cell has become. Right. Since that's the thing. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, it, I don't know. It, it, it's become just unnecessary and a PG cage match, you know, where you can't really rake somebody's face across the cage or anything like that. It's just, 
it's unexciting. Uh, and then, you know, Ziggler, what worked Kofi's leg the whole time. And then the finish was Kofi running and diving. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, there's that as well. Uh, but that being said, Kofi being the innovative athletic guy that he is made it look great. Mm -hmm. um, although I did find it funny that in the same week of WWE programming, we had two rather similar cage match uh, finishes of somebody falling out of the cage uh, right, right. And, and winning. But, you know, yeah. it's two completely different universes uh, under the same umbrella. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hey, Kofi's moving on. As we saw on Raw, uh, Joey Samoe is coming for that SmackDown belt. And uh, I I'm all in for that. That, oh, that yeah. sounds super fun. And uh, uh, I really hope that this is finally the instance where Samoa Joe is the bride instead of the bridesmaid. So uh, pull that trigger, guys. For the love of God, pull that trigger. Well, we kept saying this was going to be a uh, this may be a quick run for Kofi, but he's uh, he's running with it. And, uh, and they've done a great job of protecting him and protecting his finish. And yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's that's actually a pleasant surprise in the uh, right. it, it's a piece of corn in the shit that is WWE booking right now. Do we want corn? Is this... uh, I don't know, dude. <laughs> okay, all right. That you know, I think that that my response to that was even more so yeah. appropriate for WWE booking. Do we I want that? To... I don't know, man. I'm just I'm just trying to find something good in there. Life is peachy. Yes. Um. Then we had the overbooked main event. Uh, Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin with a mystery special guest referee, which turned out to be Lacey Evans. The sassy Southern Belle, yes. as they said a million and a half fucking times. We get it. Okay, we got it. The match was an absolute fucking nothing burger. It it did nothing for me. I, I don't get why Baron's in the spot he's in. For Seth Rollins being a workhorse, this is not a guy he can have a workhorse match with. Um, and to turn it into this angle, which is more about, hey, did you know that our one champion is dating our other champion? And they're really dating. Like, it's just so fucking reductive. Like, I don't know if the idea is they're sitting there and going, well, Becky is more popular than Seth. So this can help build up Seth. Like, it, it is definitely a subtraction by way of addition scenario yeah. for both of them yeah agreed it's just the the whole thing as soon as as soon as lacy was announced as a ref you knew what was coming oh yeah uh, and but and then and then it took way too long to get there i was yeah. just like jesus just send becky out already like christ like i know what's gonna happen and i know what's gonna happen when she comes out they're gonna chase him off and blah 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 just get to it already yeah. you know and it was something that we've seen a million and a half times before with you know the special guest referee counting slow and then you know changing the rules on the fly and all these sorts of things to benefit the heel and it was you know yeah it was long it was predictable and it was just non not entertaining and obviously this was one where they were you know the ratio was much more to the entertainment than sports um but man the, like the, but the entertainment wasn't done well it wasn't good entertainment like yeah. i can be there like the heavy machinery sort of thing that was a little more entertainment than absolutely than but the ratio was right this one this one was uh was not was not where it needed to be and it was it was a, a a slog the key phrase that you just put out there was entertainment 
this wasn't entertaining. This yeah. this sucked. This this was awkward. And and uh, I I will say this: there were two moments uh, before you think I'm I'm totally gonna whitewash something. There were two moments in the AEW show last night in the pre-show in particular where I was just like. This is really dumb, guys. Mm -hmm. This is not good. I don't know what it is about the world of pro wrestling where we try to do these skits and angles and segments and stuff that just die. And I don't know how or why we don't have people on the staffs of either company that go, you know, that's going to suck, right? Like, right. But, like no one's going to enjoy this. Like, I don't understand why why these things happen. And But it, regardless of the pro wrestling company, there's always these type of segments where it's just like this is long and unengaging and no one's gonna like it and, and nothing's worse than bad it. comedy yes yes it's cringe and it goes on too long and it, it it disrupts the flow of what you're doing there there's so many negatives uh you know comedy is not something that's easily pulled off yeah um you know ask any comedian they've bombed multiple times even even our own beloved justin will tell stories of you know when he was in la and went up there and got smatterings of applauses and stuff like that not it, comedy is difficult it is so very much so it's best in your best interest to probably not attempt it <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what we're getting at or you know it, it it works in small doses small quick doses Hit it and quit it. Don't dwell. You know, just just get to the joke and move on. That's you know, that's kind of the rule of thumb in in, in radio is you know don't don't uh, belabor it and and keep hammering it over people's head because then it loses you lose the goodwill yeah. you built up with with hitting. The yeah, uh, you know, Justin used to always point out the the logic of we can't miss you if you don't go away. In that same regard, leave us wanting more. Le right. Le I'd rather have something that's 30 seconds and good than a minute and unbearable. Like, I, I the, the, this was just a perfect example of it. Although, hey, it was a three and a half hour pay per view as opposed to four and change. So, valid point. Positive energy. We're moving yeah. forward there. Yeah. So, yeah, of yeah. course, after that dog shit main event, after a show that started great and fell apart, Seth Rollins pulls up his Twitter machine. And says to the world, find someone who's better than me alive in the game today. Mm, buddy. So, buddy, Seth, you're my guy. I fucking love you, man. Yeah, you're you're he's 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 my in my well, I'm in my top three of WWE performers. Yeah, I love him. I love him. Had he said that after the AJ match at Money in the Bank? Cool. Yeah. Awesome. You just sucked for 25 fucking minutes. Uh, well, he didn't suck. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, he, he tried. The, the main he event tried. he was in sucked. Yes. Uh, and not not for lack of trying and not because of him did it suck. Yeah. And, and, that was not the time to go tooting the old proverbial horn there, my friend. Yeah. And, and look, I get it. I have nights when we're doing our fight shows. Everything's great. I have nights that suck. The nights that suck, I'm not going to hop on Twitter and go... Dare you to find a better piece of entertainment than us? Like I, <laughs> I know better. I, yeah. I know better. But he did that, and of course, the internet sphere decided to jump in and start naming names. And one man stepped up to the plate and decided to name himself Billy Brexit himself, the man of bad tweets. Will Osprey jumped in and said, "Hey, I'm alive." And, and let it let the record show. That's all he said. Yes. 
He just Seth said, point out someone living today who's better than I am, or as good or better than I am. Right. And he said, Hey, I'm alive. Which That's in it. terms of Will Osprey tweets, yeah. Is not that bad. <laughs> yeah. It was cheeky, it was silly, it was a wink and a nod. Yeah. If I'm Seth, I go, Oh, well played, young blood, and I move on. Yeah. Instead, no, he, he like down. tripled he quadrupled down because this shit continued on into the week. Yeah. And his response was to go, Hey, we already have one of you on the roster, little guy. All right. So now you're you're moving the, the goalposts. Yeah. Immediately. It's this idea of Will Ospreay saying, Hey, I think I'm as good as you. And Seth's response is, Hey, we have Ricochet. What? That's not a that's not a response to what he said. <laughs> that, that's not a response. And of course, Osprey jumps in and basically says that and says, "Hey, you know, Ricochet's really really good. Love that guy. Miss him, blah 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 blah." So Seth's response is to go, "Well, I I I worked more matches than you last year." And Osprey's like, "No, actually, I I I I worked more." And Seth's like, "Well, I had a broken back and I bet you I made more money." What? Which, you know, bringing up the money thing is dick move A number one. Right, um, because you're talking about the quality of your art for right. the jump, and you don't turn that into, well, I made more money. Awesome. Michael Bay made a shit ton of money making shitty movies. Money is not <laughs> indicative of quality. He made a couple good movies. Yeah. Now, yeah, well, that's true. Uh, Painting Gain is amazing if you haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> Wait, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he's done, you go to Painting Gain first? Uh, Painting The Rock? Oh, oh, I, I feel like, well, bad I feel boys. like love bad boys, love the rock, etc. Painting gain. I feel like horribly f fell under the radar. Like that's a great fucking movie. That's the one with Mark Wahlberg and the rock. Yes. And I know it's ridiculous to say it's a great movie, but it is really okay. fucking good. Uh, right, Le buddy. Legitimately, okay. legitimately good. All right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. House recommends there. Hey man, uh, look, I die on hills of of entertainment all the time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like my 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 one the other day that the Bobby Night Ranger joke in Parks and Rec was better than the entirety of the Office series, <laughs> and I will die on that hill uh, every day until. <laughs> don't at me because uh, uh, it's true. I, I actually thought of you the other day. I think it was Vice who posted this article. It was uh, liking the office is not a personality trait. <laughs> God, I, I mean, look, just to sidetrack here. Yeah. <clears throat> I watched the office and yeah. it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I laughed at times. Yeah. But if you're trying to tell me as a whole, that show is better and funnier than parks and recreation you're fucking insane steve I'm sorry. When steve carell left you should have bounced like that show should have ended and instead oh, of God, having so those weird zombie years in between i mean like oh, the finale yeah, was good but yeah, yeah okay yeah, it was yeah real weird um anyway yes uh okay i don't so, no fuck you at yes me. We'll yeah have we'll, we'll have an internet feud um <laughs> yeah right actually i thought we were avoiding those anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> um this will have a payoff. Um, <laughs> so, so lo and behold, this internet feud of Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay in 2019 gets won by Baron Corbin. And yeah, Baron Corbin yeah. jumps into the fray in the middle of this. It says, 
<laughs> says to Osprey, hey, I work more matches than both of you dummies, and I don't even know who you are. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> that's a solid ass tweet right there um you know he's just staying in character as a shithead and i kinda love it uh i want to imagine he was wearing a stupid hat while he was tweeting that as he's wont to do in his free time so uh you know what good good on you baron corbin you re you redeemed yourself from a from a shit performance on sunday with one you know the uh, hundred character tweet right there um but yeah the 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 feud <clears throat> it really, you know, because then Uncle Dave co-opted it and was started naming off stats, and then you yeah. know how the people who hate Uncle Dave are. So then they started going after it. Was a, it just it took over Twitter for yeah. for a couple days. And I mean, look, I I enjoy Seth Rollins very much. I enjoy Willie Ospreay very much. Um, it's 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 an apple and oranges situation. Yeah. Um, because they're in different organizations that put on different styles of matches. Um, and yeah, Seth Rollins almost undoubtedly makes more money than Will Ospreay. And yeah. that's good for Seth. Um, but also, you know, Will Ospreay still has, you know, if he keeps his health in uh, in check here, a lot of good years ahead of him that could be, you know, main eventing Tokyo Dome shows or main eventing WrestleManias at some point. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> it's 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 subjective. For one, um, because you know, unless you take Uncle Dave's ratings as as uh, scripture, which we look at them when we don't always agree by any means. So oh, what he no. says, <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's it it was at least it got me off. It got the main event off my mind for a little bit. Uh, yes. So I yeah. will say that it made me focus on that, not the shit show that happened the night before, and then the mixed tag that we're leading into here. So yeah. Now. Seth Rollins was not done just by tweeting. Oh, no. Because on Tuesday, he popped up on a podcast on Sports Illustrated. Oh, yeah, this. I forgot about that. God damn. Where, <laughs> where he continued on his tirade of what we do in WWE is the best. We're not too, and God damn, I hate this description. We're not two jabronis wearing gym shorts doing flips. I don't know if. Seth Rollins remembers his time as Tyler Black. Right. But he was a jabroni in gym shorts doing flips. Yeah. A guy like Will Ospreay, A, professional gear. So <laughs> can't respect yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not wearing gym shorts. B, he's selling out arenas in other yeah. countries. Yeah. Like it, it this this continued perception of the WWE of anywhere that isn't there as a smoky bingo hall is becoming rapidly irrelevant. And the, the fact that so much of the roster, including the guys who came up from the companies who are, you know, who are described in that way, but clearly aren't that way, you know, the ring of honors, the, yeah. the new Japan's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like the fact that we're hearing a guy like Seth Rollins parrot, that is, really kind of sad like it's it, it it shows like a disregard from what where you've come from well and, and it's hypocritical as well because yeah. as you said earlier he uh, uh extolled the virtue of the cruzador match yeah. meanwhile uh tozawa was what dragon gate right yeah uh yeah. was chikara smoky bingo hall yeah pretty decent uh, niece was an evolve right so you know the people that you just slapped on the back for doing a good job are the people that you just put down the next day. So, you know, get your shit together, bud. 
Yeah. And if that wasn't enough, he decided to tear into Ambrose. Yeah. Or Moxley or whatever we want to call him today. Uh, and and he was basically saying that that Ambrose didn't have the mental wherewithal to make it in the WWE. And that he took his ball and went home, which that's a loaded phrase these days. Uh, he didn't take his ball and, and, like that. That phrase indicates like when it was applied. Out. Yeah, it, it implies he walked out when Steve Austin walked out. That was the appropriate turn of phrase because he was under contract and he yeah. said, this sucks. I don't like it. And he left punk as well. Yeah, punk as well. Moxley said, this sucks. I don't like it. I'm going to try. This sucks. I don't like it. I'm going to try. This sucks. I don't like it. I'm going to try. Okay. My contract's up. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. He did it the right way. He went out the right way. I mean, he didn't go out on his back, which was a little unusual. I mean, the shield won in the shield's last stand or whatever. They booked it. Exactly. He did what they asked him to do. He was the consummate professional throughout. Even if he didn't like what he was told to do, he did it. Until the second his contract expired, and then he was a million miles per hour in the opposite direction. Yes. So it's just like, why are you doing this, Seth? Like, I I, I tried to put myself in his shoes because I don't want to just attack a guy for acting the way he's acting. Right. I think that there is a lot of pressure in being Seth Rollins right now. A hundred percent. Because one of the focus, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I think I know where you're going. One of the focuses of stomping grounds was the low attendance rate. And Mm -hmm. if Seth Rollins is the guy on the main event of the show, then if I'm Seth Rollins, I'm taking it personally that people don't want to come and see me. So I'm projecting uh, out into the world my frustration with people not understanding what I'm doing. Is that kind of where you were going there? That, that's 100% where I was going. The, the, the low attendance for Stomping Grounds, Raw on Monday, SmackDown on Tuesday, the dropping ratings, it's under Seth's watch. He's been yeah. one of the top guys in WWE for the past year plus, and everything's been trending down. And I know that it's not directly his fault, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are people in the back who are looking at him and going, is he the guy, you know, I mean the, the same sort of questions were asked about guys like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart in their time. And and we've seen that they've become legends despite it, but you know, things aren't great right now. And when they're saying you're the guy and this is the performance they're getting out of it, it's going to put question marks around you and your stature in the company. And in turn, you're going to lash out. But in response to Seth, you know, you can only do so much with what they give her. And, you know, he did try his ass off on Sunday to make that match, you know, captivating and entertaining. But it was just such a shit story that, you know, you can't always make lemonade out of a a, a rotted, you know, mushy lemon. Exactly. Exactly. And, And it's really unfortunate because we were right there with everybody saying, why isn't Seth the guy? Why aren't you pulling the trigger on him? Why aren't you? You know, he's been the workhorse of Raw yeah. for, for such a long time. Why wasn't he the guy? They made him the guy. And this is where we're at. And been with Baron Corbin for fucking four months. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, so, you know, the, the the pressure of that has to be getting to him. And and that's not to say he can't cut it. I'm not I'm not going to make you know, that type of claim. It's just, that's gotta be hard. 
Yeah. And to lateral to Baron Corbin, what was it? Um, the one dude from Busted Open saying that uh, that Corbin's the best heel in wrestling right now. Yeah. And no, he's not because the a good heel, in my opinion, is somebody that you want to see uh, get their ass kicked. Baron yeah. Corbin is somebody I don't want to see. I'm completely yeah. ambivalent. I have I have zero. Um, um, you know, he's Matt Taven. I don't want to see the guy. So, right. so right. why, you know, why am I going to spend my, my very limited free time and watching this guy that you insist on pushing that just does fucking nothing for me? Yeah. You know, it, it, it used to be that you followed what drew money. Well, now we're in a post money era of the WWE. They're right. going to make a shit ton of money no matter what, no matter what they put on screen. It could be a, a test pattern. They're going to get paid like right. crazy. But in that same regard, if you actually want to see what is or isn't working, look at who's in the building. People aren't showing up in the building. Yeah, There are more tarps than people. Yeah. Like that is an indication that <laughs> what you are pushing isn't working. And, you know, the more we keep doing the same thing again and again and again and again and again, it is the literal definition of insanity. Yeah. And. Maybe that's why this week uh, the craziest of possible triggers has been pulled. Yeah, as, what's old is new again. Yeah, as on Thursday afternoon in, in something that, or not Thursday afternoon, Thursday morning, yeah. something I, I, when I saw the headline, it was like, that's kayfabe, right? That's got to <laughs> be storyline. Uh, no, uh, the new directors of SmackDown and Raw are Paul Heyman for Raw and Eric Bischoff for SmackDown. What a weird world this is. Yeah. The, the Monday Night Wars are literally back. It's 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 bizarre, um, really, because of so many fucking reasons. <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, so it's clearly a desperation move. And as, as the weeks uh, have progressed leading up to this Fox deal going, you know, active and live and SmackDown showing up on Fox, you know, there have been a lot of hastily made decisions to try and boost um, interest and ratings and stuff like that. Right, right. Wildcard rule. You have the undertaker back 24 um, seven title, no wrestling during commercial breaks, like so much, so much change is happening at one time that it's hard to hard to get anything to stick because you keep adding new layers of different things for us to grasp and get used to yeah. that as a whole product, everything suffers. Um, and that's not to say that some of these things can't pay off in the long run. I mean, really, the only thing that has has been the 24-7 um, title, which has been the most entertaining thing uh, within, you know, WWE proper, not NXT, um, in quite some time. You yeah. know, our truth has just been crushing it. Drake Maverick is such a great storyteller. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just it, it's just it's fun. And it's light and it's quick. And like I said, comedy yeah. is quick. Get to it and then run out of the arena. Yes. So that's been going well. But to circle back to Bischoff and Heyman, um, they're two guys with loads of experience and, mm -hmm. you know, great minds, you know, one more than others for, for the business here. So, you know. But it also begs a number of questions, which you and I discussed uh, between uh, ourselves this past week of – yeah. Man, poor old, uh, 
poor old Connecticut blue blood himself there, uh, Mr. Levesque, got cr- uh, passed over real nice here. Yeah. Uh, which he seems like, you know, the heir apparent, uh, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it I, like maybe it was time to, to pass the torch a little bit or give him a go at it at least. It, but, it, it, but no. It's so strange because so the, the, the logic of what this is supposed to be is uh, ostensibly all creative will report to each one of these individuals on each show. So right. raw creative will report to Paul Heyman. SmackDown creative will report to Eric Bischoff. Uh, they basically control the horizontal and the vertical of what each show will be, though they report to Vince and Vince has final say key thing to look at right there that at the end of the day the same decision maker is controlling the shows now if this is because vince is recognizing hey i'm gonna be busy with the xfl and i need to put bodies in to run the shows cool maybe this is a scenario of vince going things aren't working so i need fall guys if shits fall apart in the fall that's a valid point that makes sense i also think vince is Vince McMahon is a smart guy and I think he's going things aren't working flat out like I I think he's I don't think he's dumb I think he's sitting there and he's looking at the attendance he's looking at the ratings he's looking at the house shows and he's saying things aren't working I need some stronger opinions in the mix right and that's what you're going to get with Bischoff and Heyman. Like, neither guy has been known to mince words. I mean, this is literally the third time that Heyman's been put in charge of running a show. Right. And the prior two times, he lost it because he wouldn't keep his mouth shut. Right. Um, so that'll be interesting to look at. Um, Heyman's done really great work on creative. You know, he's run creative for every Brock Lesnar feud. He's run creative for the Ronda Rousey feuds. I think he is very savvy and he's very attuned to what works for today. I think he's going to be a big bolster of young talent. I think he's going to uh, have a strong vision for what raw can be. Very cool. Excited for that. Bischoff is a big question mark for me. I can't think of anything post 1997 that Eric Bischoff has done in wrestling, I mean, I know he has a very popular podcast, but I can't think of anything he's done that creatively. hasn't, yeah, creatively that hasn't been roll out Hulk Hogan and his friends, right? Because on screen, Eric Bischoff was a great character GM, yes, but he wasn't in charge of creative at the time, no. so that's kind of thrown out the window here. So we're we're taking into consideration his very um, terrible run with TNA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to put it lightly yeah and the end days of wcw which you know is kind of where we are right now with wwe people have been drawing uh correlations between the two of those for quite some time now so yeah you know whereas initially you know uh bischoff took it up and then ended up at those levels now he's at those levels and has to try and bring it up and you know with all of everything else happening right now uh just it's a daunting task for anybody yeah um so for somebody who we don't know if they've been keeping up with the product both inside and outside of wwe you know right. i haven't listened to his podcast so i don't know what the fuck he talks about aside from anything in 1995 or six or whatever but you know i i'm i'm a little worried about it too but you know in terms of uh satisfying corporations and and people like that you know it's a guy with a noted television um success rate uh both in and out of pro wrestling and television so Mm -hmm. i feel like that is 
kind of the mindset of um of Vinnie Mac for for bringing in Bischoff here like oh okay yeah. this guy you know was a great producer back in the day and did a lot of was a TV exec before he started doing wrestling and then did great things with wrestling to kick my ass for a little bit so we'll bring him in um, right but time will tell to see how things pan out. There's also the question of, you know, the whole hierarchy of how this is going down. So sure, they report to Vince, but where do Triple H and Kevin Dunn and Bruce Pichard and, uh, you know, all these other people fall into the mix of the hierarchy of getting things approved and whatnot. So unless, you know, it, it almost seems like they're adding extra uh, steps. Whereas what everybody has said is that there need to be fewer steps and people to write things by. Right. So, right. you know, it, it, it's going to be a juggling act for these guys to, to go in yeah. there. And I mean, you know, the, the, some other questions come to mind, which Paul Heyman are we going to get? Are we going to get the, the Paul Heyman that booked SmackDown in 2002 to such a wonderful degree, but right. uh, also put literally his six main stars out with neck injuries because yeah. of what he was booking? Is it going to be the Paul Heyman that drove Tommy Dreamer to consider a murder-suicide? Uh, one of the craziest stories I've heard this week. Uh, I'm very concerned about the mental health of Tommy Dreamer after hearing that. Um, well, I mean, he seems like a in a better place than he was then so that's good. yeah but, but the fact sharing that uh nationally yeah. is is yeah is something somebody you know somebody take the oreos away from tommy dreamer yeah uh very very worrisome uh and then you know triple h is is, is a big question mark why wasn't he given one of the brands if if he is the, the heir apparent why wasn't he there's also a lot of other guys who work in the creative system who could get that call i recognize they're not Names. known yeah to the rest of the world on on the air of of a paul Heyman or an eric bischoff but i'm sitting there going like jeff jarrett's right there uh tna except for when he was booking himself as a main eventer was actually pretty good at times and he yeah. was part of the booking staff then uh just as long as he doesn't hire russo <laughs> it would be fine um I don't think I don't think we have to worry about that. Oh, I was waiting to see that he's going to run 205 live. Like I really <laughs> thought that was going to be the announcement on Friday. Um, <laughs> that was, uh, that was, K-Fame News didn't post that. They missed. They dropped the ball. Yeah. Uh, Gabe Sapolsky's down there in NXT. He ran Ring of Honor for many years. Uh, they have the guys who run Progress right now running NXT UK. I mean, there there are people within the company that have experience booking entire feds yeah and you know you're you you are are as a business saying things are tough we have this competitor that we're a little worried about the average age of the creative staff on aew side is like 33 right so you're putting a 52 year old and a 64 year old man in charge i don't know when you when one of the biggest concerns about wwe right now is that they are losing that key you know 18 to 49 demographic going with a 50 year old and a 60 year old may not be the way to go i don't know well he's looking at experience um, yeah so yeah. that's that's a number one in his book right there uh to my you know interpretation of this so you know they know what have what has worked in the past and you know if i had to guess i'd say that mm -hmm. some angles and stuff that we'll be seeing in the coming months may seem a little familiar from things that happened uh yeah. you know, 15 16 years ago or later yeah. so, or earlier so you know but if that's what it takes to get you know a lot of uh the undercard more utilized and you know paul giving paul Heyman raw i think 
is is smart because there's more more time to flesh things out, more mm-hmm. time to get people on air with with you know meaningful storylines and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but they're both you know at this point, like you said, kind of wild cards, and it's definitely going to be interesting to see how you know how immediate things uh change right um, whether for better or for worse or you know if this is going to be a gradual thing or if it's going to be a drastic sort of okay we're flipping the script this is where we're going from here on out yeah um and it's 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 an unenviable position i mean I'm yeah sure no uh, a shit ton of money from thankless it. jobs for yeah. both of these guys but um, man it's it's uh it, there's a lot of uh of shit possible to roll down into their throats yeah uh my understanding by the way the ticket local ticket ads that advertise both Heyman and bischoff uh were not approved by vince uh like the shows hadn't even been written at that time so it was kind of a goof up there yeah um although there's been some talk about actually having them on the shows because they did get advertised right uh it sounds like though in terms of when they would start it would be mid-july so Um, that's only a couple weeks away though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, it would make sense for them to take over after extreme rules, which of course is the right. week of, uh, the 15th. Um, speaking of extreme rules weekend, uh, another crazy story from the week, as we just roll through the, the, the chronological progression of the week evolve is going to be on the WWE network. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as that's part of basically the big Philly weekend with uh, Sunday the 14th being Extreme Rules, Saturday the 13th, the Evolve 10th anniversary show featuring uh, uh, Drew Gulak, Matt Riddle, Adam Cole, Bebe, and Akira Tozawa will be on uh, the WWE Network, and it'll be running opposite to AEW's charity event, right. Fight for the Fallen, which will be live and free on BR Live. Um you know, I'm 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 not going to sit here and say like, oh, WWE is trying to kill a charity event. I don't think that's it at all. I I I do think that there is an air of coincidence, but I do think that someone went, oh, and we could stick it to AEW. Like, I don't think that was the right. original plan. The show was already booked. Uh, yeah, the Evolve show has had already been on the books. They I think they announced it WrestleMania week or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that it was going to be happening, but. You know, to your point, you know, them realizing that it was happening the night of Fight for the Fallen, you know, all right, fuck these guys. Let's put this shit on our network to yeah. the people who are already paying. Uh, not that they're charging for Fight for the Fallen, but um, but yeah, I feel like it's another, you know, all right, let, let's do the shit. You guys want a war? Then we'll uh, we'll saddle up and, and, and load our guns and start firing. So, you know, that's another another counter programming um, move that they did after the, you know, the the NXT UK takeover being announced the same day as All Out and also the New Japan show in England. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're just fuck it. Let's let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, let, let, let's do it live. Let's go for it and let's make it weird. And uh, I I don't know about you, I, at least where I sit. Uh, I think I'm probably going to watch 
actually, I'm pro- I don't know if I'm going to get to watch any of it live because uh, that's when I'm going to an Orioles game. Yeah, uh, I booked that night. I'm DJing the gig, so I won't watch either. Live. Yeah, uh, but on paper, if I'm home, I'll probably watch Fight for the Fallen live and then watch Evolve on Demand. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I I'm interested uh, if you want to toss out in the comments or just randomly tweeted us or whatever. Uh, what you the OG538 plan on doing on on July 13th? Yeah. Because I. I I think that it's going to be very interest, interesting to see where viewership lies on both shows. Um, but I think it's cool that Evolve's finally going to be on the WWE Network. It's kind yeah. of been developmental, developmental for the past year or so. So uh, yeah. I, I, I think it's it's an appropriate addition. You can uh, see people like uh, AR Fox on the WWE Network. Uh, fucking Eddie Kingston's going to be on the <laughs> WWE Network. Yeah, like, true. that's buck wild. That's so yeah. cool. Um, so that was Thursday. And then Friday... You, Chris, uh, decided, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go see Matt Taven. <laughs> well, no, that is not what I did. <laughs> my buddy, Mar- well, my buddy, Justin, not Schlegel, another Justin, uh, knew, knows one of the merch guys at Ring of Honor. So we got uh, a trio of tickets for free. Uh, and that's oh, not oh, nice. that the tickets didn't go down to $7 uh, on Friday afternoon for the show uh, in an attempt to fill the room up. But uh, but I was like, yeah, you know what? Free ticket. I I I don't work Friday nights anymore. It's a wrestling show, not that far away. Why the hell not? Yeah. So, um, it was best in the world. Yes. Um, which is a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> Although not you know, the only one claiming that this week. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, so you know what? I, I overall, it was, it was, it was a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I won't say it was great because for a lot of the reasons that we talked about last week of there were people on the card that I really wanted to see, but they weren't fighting people that I wanted to see them. fight. <laughs> and it's there's a lot of correlation right now between WWE and Ring of Honor. Um, you know, a lot was made of the stomping ground attendance. A lot was made of best in the world attendance. You know, um, Seth Rollins doing his Twitter thing at the end of the show. And I'm not sure whether or not this made the pay-per-view broadcast or not. Um, but for the for the home uh, crowd, for in the people in the arena, after Matt Taven defeated Jeff Cobb of some fucking how um he cut a very baby facey promo talking about how you know um baltimore is home and you know we appreciate everybody coming out tonight and we have the best performers in the world in the locker room which is you know i don't know if this they was have a, some of them they do yeah and i don't know if this was a, a response you know if this was a a tongue-in-cheek thing to the rollins thing or if this is legit noticing that business is dire and they need, you know, somebody to appeal to them. I don't know if this is part of a baby face turn for Taven. Like I said, I don't know if he made the broadcast yeah. or not, but um, you know, we, he said things like we go out there every night, you know, n- not condescendingly, but you know, in, in, in an impassioned sort of way, you know, we're here every night to, to entertain you guys and then put our bodies on the line. Cause we love this and we know you stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, but you know, to circle back, there were, there were people that, we just don't care about (laughs) on ring of honor. He being one of them, Kenny King being another one. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just fucking indifference to the, to the people like that. So the show, there was a pre-show match. Um, It was a, a a, well, there was a a dark match too. Uh, A dark match of um, uh, local jobbers versus uh, the other guys from 
the kingdom tk orion and vinnie marsiglia um, which was a fun tag team opener to warm the crowd up then we went to the pre-show on the pay-per-view and had a uh, roosh versus uh flippy gordon yes uh which was fun i mean roosh was one of the guys i was looking forward seeing the most really i was there for the mexicans on friday night yeah yeah it sounded like it <laughs> i was there for cmll it was it was rush dragon lee and bandito were my three highlights of the evening um but that was until pco came out because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> i'm 100 percent on pco at this point um but but roosh and uh flip gordon was fun and uh they teased um a, a redo of the garden uh, yeah, the, yeah, the 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 low drop kick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, no, that was Dragon Lee doing that to Dalton Castle. Sorry, right. I'm, I'm confusing my matches. Yeah. Um, but either way, Roosh Roosh was great. Yeah. Uh, he did the tranquilo pose and everything, which popped me and a number of people in the crowd. Um, so the pre-show was fun. Show goes live. Uh, we start with Dragon Lee and Dalton. Oh, Castle. before that, wasn't there the uh, the NWA angle? With uh, oh, yeah, Jim that, Storm yeah. and Eli yeah. Drake, I went to get a beer. So Aldis, don't uh, blame you. <laughs> Nick Aldis comes out because the the bit was he was supposed to team with Cole Cabana against the Briscoes. Cole Cabana has some uh, knee or thigh hematoma that didn't heal, so he was there on commentary but unable to perform. So they were uh, teasing a mystery partner for uh, Nick Aldis. Um, so he's out there talking about he's going to introduce his opponent. And then James Storm's music hits. And I was like, oh, that's going to be his partner. Being unfamiliar with what NWA has been doing recently. I didn't know that yeah. James Storm was in NWA and has been kind of feuding with Nick Aldis a little bit. I wonder how that works. Like, is Billy Corgan paying these guys a living wage to be under the NWA banner? Like, I I, I, I Do don't know how that to that. together. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Storm comes out and then he starts talking shit to uh, Nick Aldis. And then Aldis is like, well, I'll tell you who my partner is. And then Eli Drake's uh, uh, Eli Drake comes out. So apparently Drake has signed with uh, with NWA uh, and was the guy who will team with uh, Aldis later in the uh, later in the show. So that was a, that was a fun segment. Eli Drake got a, got a fun hometown pop being from, uh, from Hagerstown, good old Hagersbush, Maryland up there, Washington <laughs> County there. So, uh, so that, that was, uh, that was fine. Um, but no, nothing physical happened. So it was whatever. Yeah. I was listening to it while I was getting my Miller light. Cause I'm basic as fuck. Um, <laughs> then, uh, then the show started Dalton castle. Still weird seeing him without the boys. Um, yeah. And it was it was funny. He was wearing very high trunks uh, mm -hmm. because they were trying to hide the the taped uh, tape midsection ribs that he's been uh, banged up for for uh, two years now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so that was fun. And the match with uh, with uh, with Dragon Lee Dragon Lee is is super fun to watch live. Um, so that was uh, that was great. No, great. It was good. It was really good. Um, God, I don't remember the sequence of the matches here. Yeah, yeah. was that um, the, when we went to the women's match? So it was uh, Kelly Klein and somebody uh, Jenny uh, Rose. Moore. Yeah, uh, that was when I got my second beer. Um, <laughs> made it back to and the Brian Hebner after that match. Where the hell? Where the hell did he come? Oh, from? really? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't reckon. The only ref I recognized was Barney Rebel. Uh, good old Todd Sinclair. It was weird going to a Ring of Honor show without Paul Turner there. Yeah, because uh, he defected to AEW. But um, so yeah, the end show segment. I don't even remember who won the match. I think Kelly Klein got pinned. Yeah, if not yeah. mistaken. Um, but then the lights go out, and then we see uh, this large female—not large, but like intimidating female—jacked. 
jacked female, yeah, in the ring. And from where I was sitting and being as blind as I am, I'm like, is that fucking ODB? It doesn't look like the body <laughs> type of ODB. Uh, come to find out, it was Maria Manic, who is now yeah. signed with um, with Ring of Honor. All I know about her is her tweets uh, to and with Jordan Grace. So I don't know <laughs> about her, uh, who was not there, unfortunately, even though her uh, whomever, when, when I'm fiance husband whatever i think it's husband yeah did they actually get married at this point i refuse to believe that um sorry sorry, yeah 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 sorry for me yeah it's okay um she was in england doing a uh doing some pro res up there of course you know yeah i I had to find out whether or not she was going to be around yeah we were sitting jordan look for the tile in your bag (laughs) we were sitting a uh well we ended up sitting a couple rows above Mark Briscoe's family. Oh um, man, the Briscoe family is always a joy at a live show. Not 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 the rowdy family, like his wife and f- his pregnant wife and four kids. Like Jesus dude, dude is hitting the bullseye. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it, you know, there's uh, one part of him that ain't dumb. There you yeah. go. Nice job, Mark. And she was yeah, he did okay for himself too. Yeah. Um, she was not unattractive. Maybe yeah. I have a couple of pregnant chicks too, but that's a whole other can of it's, worms. It's uh, Delaware. There aren't a lot of options, Chris. <laughs> Although I will say it was adorable watching his children uh, cheer for him and Uncle Jay Aww. in the match. That actually added uh, a lot of uh, enjoyment to the tag match, which and I, I do enjoy the Briscoes. Oh, yeah. The Briscoes are always fun. They're very fun. Um, so, all right. Women's thing happened. Uh, yeah. Maria Manic beat everybody up. Then what was next? You uh, yeah, yes. Uh, best of three series, Kenny King and Jay Lethal. Jesus fucking Christ. Why is Kenny King? <laughs> I just, he's doing like some blind gimmick. He came out with uh, like a feeler stick thing that blind people use. I, I don't know. And then he went over on Jay Lethal. I, I do not get Kenny King. I do not find him entertaining. Uh, he's okay in the ring. He did one of the sloppiest, slowest looking lethal injections I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and you're putting him over, you know, your tenured champ, uh, Jay Lethal, for whatever the fuck reason. Pretty indicative of Ring of Honor's issues as a whole, um, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, John Gresham and Silas Young in a pure rules match. It kind of fell flat live. Uh, yeah, pure rules matches even back in the day were kind of a mess. Yeah, there's just rules and, you know, a lot of stuff. Like I, it was just, you know, it, it didn't it didn't really translate well. Uh, also, again, it's one of those things where I. Jonathan Gresham's pretty uh, pretty damn good, but can't give a fuck about Silas Young. So yeah. it's another one of those situations where I was checking Twitter on my phone through most. Of <laughs> I, I don't blame you on that one. Um, so let's see what happened after that. That was the NWA tag of Aldis and Eli Drake against the Briscoes. So that ended up as a uh, no contest or a double count out or something. They ended up fighting yeah. around the arena. Uh, but, you know, while it was going on, there was there was some fun tag team wrestling in there. Um, and then, uh, Colt, they worked their way over to Colt at one point and Colt was mm-hmm. getting involved. Um, and then somebody come out for a save. I don't even fucking remember. It was only a couple days ago and I've already forgotten a lot of the show. Oh, it's all good. Um, we've, after that we had, uh, Shane Taylor defending the ring of honor TV title against bandito. Okay. So here we go. Uh, bandito is dope as fuck. Uh, it's great, <laughs> great seeing him live again. Uh, Shane Taylor is, you know, I, I finally, I think, know who Shane Taylor is now. So <laughs> <laughs> the ongoing bit of who is is, is kind of over. He's an oddly shaped fellow. Um, 
he the the line of the night uh, i think my buddy mark said it or maybe it was justin i don't know uh is that shane taylor got a dunk uh because he is <laughs> he, he's he's got that uh that thick jordan grace-esque uh booty butt happening back there which was right. really weird uh but and the fact that he went for a uh, top rope cross body and was caught by Bandito mm-hmm. was uh, a shock and such a such a great uh, athletic feat. So uh, Bandito was super fun to watch. had had some fun high spots, but did not win the television title uh, at that point. Shane Taylor retained. Right on. Um, I did hear that match was very good. And it was. It was one, fun. One of the things yeah. I wanted to check out. This other match sounded pretty great. Six man tag team title yes. match: Zillion Enterprises of Marty Skrull, PCO, and Bertie King defending against Lifeblood with Tracy Williams, Mark Haskins, and PJ Black. Yeah, match of the night. Uh, I think uh, just in terms of craziness and fun spots and PCO going to PCO. Um, yeah. You know, it's, it's, I, I saw the one spot where Brody King monkey flipped PCO yep. onto a bunch of guys. Yes, he did, which was pretty great. Um, PJ Black, I'm, I'm a fan of PJ Black as well. Obviously, he spent time in Lucha Underground, so I'm clearly going to be a fan of his for uh, <laughs> an undisclosed amount of time. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a fun uh, fun match. I mean, really, they were the most over people on the oh, show. Yeah. Was, oh yeah, oh yeah. Enterprises were, you know, and it, it's 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 crazy to me that they didn't pull the trigger on Skrull earlier. Yeah, as, yeah. We were there soon, last year. Yeah. As soon as he signed that contract, they should have put the title on him. Yeah. Because and this whole Matt Taven thing, you know, is just it's it's clearly not drawing or working. And there were like, you know, a handful of people cheering for Matt Taven. And I don't know if it was an ironic thing or if it's a counter, you know, to be the 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 opposition sort of guy or whatever. And this is coming from the guy who prefers Sammy Hagar to DLR and the guy who performs or prefers Dio to Ozzy Sabbath. <laughs> and I'm saying that, no, I'm, I'm not getting behind Matt Taven. I'm not going to be the con- contrarian here. Right, right. Uh, but Villain Enterprises was uh, was was super fun and great, and the six man tag was fun. And then they had been teasing the uh, introduction of the new member of Villain Enterprises. So the match happens. Um, I, Ve goes over, and then they're um, oh Christ, what's the chain of events here? They're getting beat up. Uh, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll read from the yeah, Observer read, recap read exactly how it happened. Um, the Sons of Savagery, the new signing from MCW, came out and attacked the Lifeblood guys in black. That's what happened. Colt Cabana on commentary sounded like he genuinely did not know who they were. Uh, Bandito saved uh, the Lifeblood That's guys, right. but then Bully Ray came out yep. and decked Bandito with a lariat. Then Flip Gordon came out to attack Billy uh, Bully Ray with a kendo stick. He chased off Bully Ray. Yeah. Lifeblood guys offered Gordon to join their group, right. gave him a shirt. He put it on. Then the lights went out. Correct. And then a, a pre-recorded video, clearly pre-recorded, yes. Uh, yes. shows up on the screen of Marty Skrull, you know, doing a little thing. Then introducing uh, the new uh, newest hire of Villain Enterprises and the camera pans left. And it's a very angry looking Flip Gordon in a Villain Enterprises shirt. Yes. Um, and of course, at this point, he had he had backed behind the guys in a in a Seth Rollins holding a chair sort of way and then attacked uh Bandito. Bandito. Yeah, well yeah. PJ Black, I had no idea what the fuck happened to him because he was missing through this entire beat down. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if he was laying he on the bailed. He bailed. He went, fuck this, this doesn't involve me. <laughs> where I was sitting, I could not see him. He was not in the ring for this entire segment. I don't know if he was hurt on the outside, if he just bailed on his guys. Yeah. I don't know what happened. I was like, where the fuck is PJ? Um, but it's you know, I could kind of I could kind of I kind of saw it happening uh, yeah. from, from you know just 
watching pro wrestling, <laughs> but it was still yeah. fun, you know, to see, you know, flip actually get something to do here. So, you know, uh, uh, an angry pissed off, uh, Healy flip Gordon attacks those guys. And then the rest of villain enterprises come out and then they do the, uh, they set, set up a table and they put, yeah. I don't know which guy, uh, hot sauce, Tracy Williams, Okay. Uh, got uh, got 450 through a table, and apparently it was a sick looking 450. Yes. And uh, in that moment, uh, Flip Gordon dislocated his elbow. Yes. Instead so, of 450. Yeah. Where from where I was sitting right by the if you look, I posted videos on the or pictures on the Facebook and Twitter's yes. to get a view. So that's kind of where I was sitting right by the entrance and exit. So I could I could see as he was walking out, he was holding his arm and his yeah. his wrist looked limp. And I was like, "Oh fuck, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not a good look for this guy right off the bat of getting this uh, this big push here." Um, and I couldn't tell what was, you know, couldn't tell what had happened because ban- I saw Bandito whisper something to Todd Sinclair, and then you know I see you know a couple extra refs come out. It was a whole mm-hmm. sort of thing. I was like, "Okay, something something definitely happened here." Um, but um, but yeah, it was that was a fun post match angle. Looks like they're you know setting up some some good stuff there. Um, but uh, then we got to the the main event, which if it didn't include Jeff Cobb, I would have left. Uh, yeah, and it sounds like it was short too. It sounded like it only ran like nine or ten minutes because yeah. of how late it was in the evening. Yeah, it was very short. I mean, they started this pay per view at nine o'clock. Yeah, which is yeah, weird. That's late. Uh, it's Friday. I've been up since fucking six a.m. I don't, don't yeah, want to yeah, be yeah. here anymore. Yeah. But my love of Lucha Underground people, <laughs> yeah. Stuck stuck me around to to watch the match which was fine it was quick and you know there were a couple fun jeff cobb feats of strength and a couple ddts from matt taven that actually looked pretty decent but just uh you know it was it was a match now and, uh on the whole did you have a good time i know you saw it for free but did you have a good time would you uh, go again yeah, i had fun you know i was hanging out with good people and you know i knew a bunch of people there yeah um you know so it was catching up with people and chatting with people and you know i was i was entertained it was a fun uh it was a fun show you know it seemed like you know big things happened because you know it was a pay-per-view so so you know storylines end storylines begin stuff like that it seemed yeah. like a good launching off point going forward um so you know they have some ideas and you know i think maybe they're in s- some uh panic mode as well mm-hmm. um considering uh, the attendance was very, very low. Yeah, I was, it was uh, like I think I read it was like fifteen hundred in a five thousand seater, which fifteen hundred seems like a lot to me. Yeah. I do not think it was. I, I, we were guessing somewhere between eight or nine. I don't, I don't, I don't know if it hit a thousand, but I'm, you know, I no, couldn't, t- I couldn't tell. I didn't walk around to get different vantage points or whatever. Yeah. But you know, pretty much the entire cam side was was empty and a lot of the side opposite the hard cam wasn't full either and the whole two level 200 level was closed yeah uh, the longest i waited for a beer was like three minutes so yeah, that's that's not great that's not, not great not uh um, not, not I, great. and and apparently the the issues continued last night as they ran the 2300 arena the former ecw arena and that holds maybe 800 and they didn't they didn't sell that out either i i, I thought i saw that it sold out uh so that could that, be their propaganda yes that. Okay. uh that that's what everybody was tweeting but there were photos from the show with like big gotcha. chunks of chairs so that's not great um although who knows maybe people bought tickets and didn't show up uh, i i will say uh ring of honor tv taping spoilers here um they ran a quickie angle to get the uh nwa north american title off of colt cabana 
Um, okay. He had the prompt two match with James Storm. So now he's the NWA North American champion or whatever belt that Cabana had. Right. Uh, and uh, holy fucking shit, Alex Shelley came back. Oh. And uh, he said that he is going. Uh, I, I don't remember who um, Taven's defending the belt against next, but he called dibs on the next title shot. He literally said, I call veteran dibs. I want the next world title shot. Is that a thing? Can we do that? Uh, uh, apparently. Uh, I'm just stoked that Alex Shelley's wrestling again. I love that guy. Like, yeah. he's, he to me has always been one of those uh, guys who should have been bigger than he was. So um excited okay. to see him in Ring of Honor. Uh, so then last night was the big AEW Fighter Fest show free on BR Live, 10 bucks internationally, live from the CEO Gaming Festival in Daytona Beach, Florida. Yeah. Um, I will say it was a good show, not as great as Double or Nothing was. Um, Agreed. And there are a few moments which I didn't love, uh, and we'll, we'll get to those. But on the whole, it was a really, really fun show, which if you haven't watched yet, it's free online. Check it out, yeah, man. It it's, is. It, it's so good. It took me literally two minutes to get set up on BR Live. Um, yeah. I, I use a Fire Stick. So there's an app. I created an account and then it was yeah. like, oh, search for wrestling. There it is. I mean, it was it was like two things down. AEW, I clicked on it. It said 730 tonight, free. I was like, all right, cool. And then I was good to go. I The stream for me cut out maybe twice and it was back up within five seconds yeah. so i really had no problems with the stream what were your experiences uh, for the most part stream was good uh i had uh, a moment or two where uh during the pre-show in particular um you know it got kind of uh kind of glitchy looking um it, uh, during the opening of that and i think there was like one moment during uh cody versus darby allen where that, where it like dropped down to like low res and then it yeah. popped back up to high def um but yeah for the most part i mean i'm i'm trying to compare it mentally to like the early days of the wwe network where like it would just pause yeah and you'd have to like rewind and then replay and stuff like right. that no, none of those level of issues I, i'm interested to find out how many people actually watched it um yeah that'll be very interesting to see but the the pre-show itself kicked off strong as uh best friends took on uh best friends of chucky t and trent beretta took on socal and censored of frankie kazarian and scorpio sky and this was really the coming out party for the third team private party of isaiah casty and mark quinn uh what a great fucking match um super fun super silly spots yeah uh private party i i know we joked that they're not quite the street profits right um fuck they're fun uh mark quinn coming out looking like simon phoenix from uh uh demolition man demolition man and rocking the glasses for as as long as he could in ring Uh, i like that guy a lot (laughs) i i mean isaiah cassidy took a good ass beating and had a sweet fucking ace crusher um but just a super fun, super silly match. Uh, really, the the type of match you want to set the pace for the night and and get people hyped up. I I, I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I, I second everything you just said. Uh, it's just a shame that after that the pre-show went off the fucking rails. Yeah. So then we had not entirely, not entirely but th- th- this is where I'm I'm start going. I don't know, guys. I don't know. So you had the Dark Order appear on screen as best friends were celebrating and dark order cut this promo about how, you know, they're going to, that best friends are going to be the first victims. Cool. Right. Fine. I like the idea. You're building an angle. So then the lights go out 
for a really long time. <laughs> and then the lights come on and the ring is surrounded by Dark Order's minions again. Yeah. Okay, cool. Lights go out again for a really long time. Right. And then they come back on and there's Trent and Chucky e. T just still standing there like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. I don't know what the point of any of that was. I mean, I guess mind games. Mind games, sure. But that didn't need to take three fucking minutes of my life. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, they, they don't have, I guess they're not leveled up to the level of a Bray Wyatt and their teleportation powers. Uh, <laughs> so it just, you know, took a little bit longer to get everybody situated, I guess. It, it, uh, just, it, it felt long and awkward and, and confusing. Uh, like I would have been fine with just, you know, the, the threat from the video screen like that. Yeah, that would have been fine. That's all you needed. I did enjoy Golden Boy's joke that Jabali didn't pay the uh, the electric bill. Electric though. bill, yes. That oh, was... that that's a great point to mention. So on commentary for the pre-show, it was Excalibur, Golden Boy, and I missed the name of the third guy, but he was yeah. another fighting game commentary uh, commentator. I loved this team. Yeah, it worked uh, really it, well. It, it took him a little bit to get the rhythm going, but the the third guy again, his name I didn't remember, uh, of British descent, uh, he got really really good at the heel commentator thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, by the end of the, the pre-show. I, I really enjoyed that trio a lot. And a lot of what was happening on the screen during the pre-show made you not want to pay attention to it, so you kind of listened to what was being said. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I enjoyed that a lot, and and I hope those guys uh, get to come back. Uh, then we had a, a backstage video with the Elite. Uh, it was a spoof of the whole Fire Festival documentary. Uh, they were teasing that... Uh, uh, Kenny Omega spent too much money on their gear. Right. Uh, and a nice little tease for what would be coming right. more on that. And then we got and and a Blink 182 wouldn't be showing yeah. up. Yes. Blink 182 would not be on the show. <laughs> uh, then we got Chris. I don't know how much your wife watches wrestling with you. Luckily she was watching a movie in the other room. My wife. She's, she, I give her a lot of credit. She's trying to understand why I love pro wrestling as much as I do. <laughs> the thing is, though, she sits in at the worst fucking times. Yeah, that's always the case. So, of course, she strolls in and takes in the match, which was the librarian, Leva Bates, against Allie. Did she see the pre-match stuff in regards to this as well? Yes. That, that, that's, what, that's what she got to see. Now... So the, the whole thing is Leva Bates and, and Peter Avalon are both the librarian, right. I guess. Uh, and they cut like dueling promos trying to shush to the crowd. Right. Uh, the, the thing I will give Peter Avalon credit for was when, um, when Leva Bates was cutting her promo and ending every sentence, he was being like the angry echo and just yelling things like books and whatever. Full that was hype fun. Man sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, the, you know, Allie comes out and I don't know what happened to Kylie Ray. I heard it was supposed to be Kylie Ray originally in this spot. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So I hope everything's good there. Uh, but Allie comes out and they have one of the worst matches I've ever watched. <laughs> it was just awful. It was not uh, good. Uh, like Leva Bates, I know she's a very strong personality. I know, yeah. I know she's got love on the internet. Uh, you know, between her cosplaying and Twitch streaming and stuff like that, she fucking sucks in the ring. Like she's really bad. Yeah, old blue pants, not really. Uh, blue pants, blue pants and hot pants. Um, yeah. 
I was enjoying the shorts, but that was about the only thing I enjoyed was the gear from that look, match. Look, we've well established my my type, and <laughs> we're there, but uh, <laughs> it was not good. It was not good. I did enjoy uh, Ali throwing out the Super Dragon-esque violence party and uh, yes. Excalibur calling it on commentary. Yes. Uh, but this was not good. This was very bad, and I did not like it. And no, it was um, not good, but it was better than the match that would follow. Well, I guess it depends on how you sit with it. So, okay. uh, the main event of the pre-show was really more for the live crowd than than anyone else, as it was uh, the head of CEO Gaming, Alex Jabaley, against Michael Nakazawa in what was basically a late '90s WWF hardcore match. Right. It was really dumb. It was really silly. They did do a pool bump, so props to them. And I, I thought the gag of using um, uh, replacement controller to strangle somebody over the ring ropes. Yes, that was clever. And I enjoyed the uh, replaceable fighter stick buttons as uh, thumbtacks. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was silly and fun. Like, I think the live crowd loved it. So I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to totally shit on it because unlike Leva Bates and Allie, the crowd loved it. So, yeah. 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 Uh, and also, Alex Jabaley seemed to be a more enjoyable worker to watch than, say, Shane McMahon. So, <laughs> that's uh, our that. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. That's a really cool <laughs> statement. He, he was super sloppy. Uh, <laughs> in his physical form and in his maneuvering, um, he was not, a, could not sell for fucking anything yeah. uh but it, you know i i understand the mind set of putting this match on there however you probably should have done a an, a half hour pre-show instead of an hour pre-show yeah um and put that on first um before you went live on the stream because <laughs> yeah. if you're trying to make a good impression and i feel like that that was the reasoning behind putting this show free on BR uh, live to get more eyes on the product. This is not what you want to showcase. If you want uh, to make good first or second impressions. Right. Um, right. So, and it kind of, you know, I, for once I sided with Jim Cornette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, 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 it wasn't, that's it wasn't not something I do right. often these days. So Jim Ross came out, because uh, he was going to be joining the main show as we got the commentary team of Excalibur, Jim Ross, and Golden Boy. Holy yeah. fucking shit, I want Golden Boy full-time as the third man. Yeah, I never bring back Alex Marvez. Uh, I, I I loved him a lot. Uh, now, funny part is uh, the sh legit name of Golden Boy is Alex Marquez. Stop it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So oh, serendipitous. Yeah. So I'm just saying you can do a one-to-one -one replacement, have him dub back over double or nothing. CGI him in those live shots. Yeah. Shouldn't be you that know, in fact, CGI him poorly into those live shots. <laughs> <laughs> um he's escaping to his home planet sort of yes, thing. Yes, exactly. Uh but I, I really enjoyed that team the entire night. I know some people were really grumpy about Jim Ross's commentary, particularly during the Joshi match. Um, but and the, I, I, I did not pay enough attention to what he was saying to give a shit. That's that's where I will sit with that. Um, Jim, at this point, you know, 
it, it's still clear that he's out of his comfort range for some of these styles of matches. Um, but, you know, I feel like, you know, Excalibur carried enough of it to, to not make it a, a bad night on commentary. I think overall it was pretty good. There were, you know, there were a couple, couple groaners from Jim and, you know, yeah. some of the trademarks in there as well, but you know, uh, Jim, 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 good to Jim. Exactly. And I, I think a, a, a perfect example of how Jim Ross uh, is recognizing his spot came very early on in the opener, which was uh, Shima of OWE and Stronghearts fame going against SCU's own Christopher Daniels. As literally in the intros, Jim Ross goes, Excalibur, tell me about Shima. Excalibur, right. tell me about Christopher Daniels. And goddamn, Excalibur clearly using a lifetime of tape trading as yeah. as his canvas here uh i loved the the talk about their history together uh especially for me i i know we talked about this when we were previewing the show like the first one of the first tapes i traded for had curry man and shima on it and i right. love both those guys so to see these guys open up the aew show against each other in a really really fun match was. uh yeah. was like I, I just enjoyed every minute of it. Like I, I was on cloud nine just because it was a fun match and the, and the work of Excalibur to put over their history and everything was so good. And yeah, I dug it. Shima going over because he's going against Kenny Omega at the next show in two weeks. Yeah. Uh, the aforementioned point for the fallen. And uh, I, I think Shima could be a guy that gets in like that upper mid card range. Like I, I could see them really uh, looking to give him uh, some, some fire uh what do you think of the match oh yes exactly exactly two hours ago in the show yeah Uh, (laughs) no i i enjoyed the match as well you know christopher daniels you know for his age uh and uh and body type still can get it done in the ring man guys uh you know he's really an under well, I don't know about under. I guess in the grand scheme of things, probably underappreciated legend. Um, you know, yeah. he's put the time in. Has always been entertaining throughout various uh, changes to his gimmick, and uh, you know, even going out there, he's a Jericho type, just with a lot less low prof, a lot more low profile than a Jericho. Can still uh, go out there in his advanced years and uh, and get it done. It was a, it was a fun match. I was I was in. It, it took me back into. It brought me back into the show after the. Uh, the last two train wreck uh, pre-show matches. Yes. Uh, then we had a triple threat match. Riho against Nyla Rose against Yuka Sakazaki, uh, as we had two women of Joshi fame and then the big bruiser and Nyla Rose. Um, another really, really fun match. Uh, there were some moments where it looked like Riho and, and Sakazaki were hundred percent their normal selves. Like Sakazaki, uh, uh, Sakazaki had a, a dive to the outside where she was on the cables a little bit too long and got yeah. a little, little wiggly legged on the outside. And I think there's like one blown spot there, but I mean, they had fun segments and they were not afraid to beat the fuck out of each other. And Nyla just looked like uh, an incredible beast. I I enjoyed again. I enjoyed this a lot. Super fun. Yeah. And I think that was the, the whole point of the match was to put Nyla Rose over as this, you know, uh, this monster and it worked. I mean, and she was very impressive uh, in doing so. Um, so yeah, it was, it was successful, uh, all the way around and I'm, I'm enjoying the little Joshi girls, uh, in there, you know, uh, getting their shit in. Uh, there were some fun, you know, big girl, little girl spots, uh, to watch the double camel clutch was great. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I enjoyed that one as well. 
then we had the four-way, which I'm actually going to say was my favorite match of the night. I know that there were bigger spectacles throughout the night, but I really adored this four-way. Hangman Page, Jungle Boy, uh, MJF, and Jimmy Havoc, uh, really sort of establishing the mid-card, upper mid-card of AEW. Um, Four very different uh, yes. <laughs> individuals. Yes, uh, very smartly. By the way, uh, I saw a nickname on Twitter for MJF, which I'm going to use now because I think it's really amusing. So Colt Cabana Del Rio came out and cut a promo at the jump. Um, and and uh, man, MJF with a live crowd is a 10. Yeah, uh, it's great. So fun. So crazy. They picked the perfect audience member to cut to when he talked about the crowd being full of virgins. Yeah. Um, yeah, he uh, he was just so much fun. Then Jungle Boy came out riding the shoulders of Luchasaurus as. Yeah, yeah I guess I, I like this boy and his dinosaur idea. This is yeah, no, 100% in on it. Obviously, I'm a Luchasaurus mark from Lucha on the ground. Uh, yes. So so yeah, just just seeing him out there and getting getting a part on it uh, was was good. And, uh, dude, I'm in on Jungle Boy. Dude, uh, dude's pretty damn good for being as young as he is. Yeah, like there was some one spot he did where it was like this inside out cannonball sent on to the floor. It was like the 054 that Ali does. Yes, except for it was like in to the floor, which in and of itself is crazy. Like I. I was just like, I don't know what the fuck just happened, but it ruled. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, it might have been the phrase I texted you. <laughs> yeah, I think you said, what the fuck, Jungle Boy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, hey, uh, Jimmy Havoc had a really solid match without much plunder involved. Um, yeah. And uh, Hangman Page came off like that ace that I think he's going to be pushed as. Um, big reaction for him from the live crowd and uh, he got some pyro, which of course an indicator that that the crowd's behind him. Or yeah, the, the, the feds behind him. Well, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Hangman Page went over, and it sounds like he's going to be going against Kip Saban, who you may remember from the Double or Nothing pre-show at it's Fight for the Fall. Yes, um, and and again, I, I like how simple and basic this booking is. This guy won, so he's going to go against that guy. That guy right. won, so he's going against that guy. Oh, that person lost, and now they want to want they want to get a win against this person, right. etc. Yeah. No, it, it, it was it was a fun match. Um, there were a lot of a lot of fun spots in there. You know, MJF doing some really like you know teasing to do the dive and then stopping to to piss off the crowd. Yeah, like, you know he he gets it. He really knows uh, how to get the crowd riled up, which is great. And um, yeah, I, I, I did enjoy that one. It's probably that and uh, the six man tag that are one on one a for matches of the night for me. But uh, I, I really had had fun with that uh, for four way. Yes. <laughs> uh, then we had Cody Rhodes against Darby Allen. Uh, this was uh, a big coming out party, much how Private Party had the, their coming out party in yeah. the uh, opener of the pre-show. This was a big coming out party for Darby Allen as Darby Allen basically showed the world he is incredibly stupid. <laughs> True, <laughs> in, boy. in the best of ways. I mean, I, I was surprised he could hang as well as he did with Cody in terms of like the, the standard and ring stuff. I, I thought they told a really good story with uh, the work on Cody's hand and, and that sort of thing. Uh the spot that everyone will be talking about, or at least would have been talking about if it weren't for the post-show stuff. Uh, Darby Allen does his coffin drop senton to the apron, nobody home. Oh, God. Like, I'm surprised that 
the ring, the apron of the ring didn't like bisect his body and he wasn't in like yeah. two pieces at the end of it. That was brutal. Yeah. Now the, the part that's even crazier is he's done the coffin drop spot before like that while in a body bag. And I thought that's what they were going to do once they put him in the body bag. Um, they, they did not do that. They went to a 20 minute time limit. Um, yeah. So good idea. Basically no one uh, lost anything there. Uh, and, and it basically established Darby as a guy who can hang with main eventers. So uh, solid work on, on getting these new talents over as people you should pay attention to my so was he wearing just like regular tights with like some boy shorts overall yeah like, yeah that's his gear it's it's weird it is weird. weird it was like everybody else is out here in professional gear and he looks like he just went to the fucking dollar general before and got some uh got some shit to wear and some some cheap face paint i will say that if he's the only guy on the card who looks like that it kind of fits with his gimmick you know that he's kind of like this derelict who lives in his car and just right. you know very hand to mouth um so i i think it works for him right but yeah i i, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets uh more professional gear in the not too distant future after the the match happened in a really weird angle yeah sean spears comes out and immediately wallops Cody with a chair. Okay, so I after the pinfall or the draw rather, I, yeah. I went to the bathroom. Yes. So I didn't hear the setup to this. So he wasn't beating down Darby Allen or anything. No, totally, no. it was totally unprovoked. Randy and Cody were trying to get the five more minutes gimmick going. Okay. Da 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 da. Sean Spears just walks into the ring with a chair and waffles Cody. There was barely even a pause. Okay. And. It's a completely unprotected chair shot straight yeah. to the head. Yeah. Something that should 1000% be left in the attitude era. Yes. Um, Cody, I think bladed his head. Cause I think the, the part of his head that was bleeding wasn't where the impact happened. I could be wrong. Well, I so, filmed that for days. Spent a lot of time on Twitter after afterwards. Um, yeah. And it, of all people, the blue meanie, uh, <laughs> I think yeah. it was, um, kind of dissected it. Yeah. And the way, well, from his point of view, um, was that the way the, um, he was hit. I, I it's hard to explain this, but the, he was hit with the front side of the chair that was yeah. supposedly gimmicked, but it was his head, the way it went into his head is that it kind of bent in and it was the back of the lip of the top oh, of the okay. 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 the back of his head. Um, you know, that, that was the explanation I saw about it. Cause yeah. Tony Khan and the bucks went on to say after the show and the press conference at the, you know, the chair was gimmicked, but not gimmicked. Right. And there was maybe some user error in there, or it just didn't happen the way they thought it was going to happen. Yeah. But, really the the response to that is why was that going to happen in the first place why right why right you can, in the first place you can literally the impact of it would be almost the same if sean spears comes out guts cody with the chair slams it across his back yeah it's the same idea and i know you don't get the blood and i know you don't get you know this this chair shot heard around the world it, it's unnecessary it's and jim ross talking about cte tests and everything throughout just was gross yeah like i uh, i didn't care for it i hope that this is a very strong learning scenario 
for these new creative guys that are yeah. running a Fed for the first time ever. Um, it it really took me out of the show, uh, and and it and it left kind of a a, 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 a how do I phrase it? It made the rest of the show harder to get into. Yeah, it was it was icky. You know? Yeah, it wasn't yeah. you know the blood from the the match he had with uh, with Dustin was different. You know that was. Yeah bladed clearly uh but and perhaps a little too deep which happened too deep but but you know it was it was different this just seemed it was controlled this wasn't right and it, it was unnecessary um you know at least put an arm up and i know he was selling the one hand or arm or whatever put the other yeah. one up at least protect yeah. yourself a little bit if you're insisting on doing this ill-advised spot which we recommend you don't um it's yeah. just you know, uh, and they did it in Lucha, and I hated it then as well. You know, yeah. I don't want to see that. Um, it, and I'm sure that there are some sadistic CZW marks out there who who crave, you oh, know, yeah. violence they're... and concussions and brain brain bleeding and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see that. And it's it's gross. And we've we've come a long way, and you thought we would have learned enough from the right. past, you know, right. of all the things that Mick Foley has said after the, you know, the match he had with the rock where he got banged a dozen and a half times unprotected on the head with his hands cuffed behind his back. And, you know, I I'm curious yeah. to see what Mick Foley has to say about that. I haven't seen him tweet anything about it yet, but it's just, it's just unnecessary and it's gross. And there's really no place for that in mainstream pro wrestling. Yeah, I, I I'm right there with you. Um, you know, I, I guess the the good piece of this is the injuries, according to what was said, uh, is Cody has staples in his head to to fix up where he's bleeding from. Um, no concussion. So, uh, best case scenario out of a worst case situation. Let's avoid that forever. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, then we rolled into uh, again a possible match of the night. Like I, I, I think I might need to rewatch it because I was in such a place of like, fuck, why do they do that? That angle sucked. <laughs> um, so it was the elite of Cody and not Cody, sorry, uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks against the Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. Uh, Laredo Kid comes out and he's rocking the uh, Mad Max Warboys mask yeah. over his mask easy way to endear me to to uh to anyone right there and then i don't know what the fuck the gear that uh pentagon and phoenix were wearing but phoenix's pants or not phoenix's sorry pentagon's pants kept falling down <laughs> so uh not great entrance gear guys not yeah. really uh you know not, not really the best there um but they came, cool. it, it looked cool if the pants weren't falling down <laughs> Uh, I mean, this is up there with me pointing out that Rick Knox needs a referee shirt that fits. <laughs> Skinny dude. Uh, and, and he's wearing this big ass baggy shirt. Kind of triple X. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Cody and the God damn, why I want to say Cody and the Young Bucks. Kenny and the, the Young Bucks come out. And it turns out that the fancy gear that they had teased in the pre-show was the Young Bucks were coming out as Ken and Ryu. Then they had like some random goof fan run in between so they right. could do the gimmick of uh, Akuma's super where everything goes black. And then you see like the sparkles and the demon right. uh, kanji as Kenny was cosplaying as Akuma for his uh, his 
gimmick for this show. The best thing was listening to to Golden Boy and Excalibur Mark over it and JR having no fucking clue what was happening. Yeah, yeah. Uh Golden Boy saying, Don't worry, JR, we'll take you to the arcade was a fucking 10. Um and look, I know it's cringy and and, and Kenny Omega can wear his nerd heart on his sleeve in a very hard way sometimes. But for that show in particular, that's what you do. Oh yeah. Like, uh, I mean, I think Nyla Rose was even rocking kind of like reptile esque gear, which I thought was perfect. Cause again, you know, it's a fighting game tournament. Um, they knew their audience and it definitely endeared the crowd to Kenny and the Bucks even more than, you know, they probably were endeared to them before the show started. So, and Omega, you know, already he, he is a star, but yeah, you know, stuff like this presenting him, you know, him doing this sort of thing at that show just presents him as an even bigger star than he already is. Oh yeah. And like post-match when he was walking around the crowd yeah. and he was taking like the selfies with people and stuff yeah. like, yeah, it's like a total baby face move, but you could tell that there's part of him that like, really enjoys awesome. embracing this crowd that like I, I i think the idea of putting on a show to the video game the convention going crowd is such a smart idea and yep. uh yeah paid off in spades the match itself i didn't think it was good as good as lucha bros young bucks from double or nothing but it was a really fun sprint uh lots of crazy spots and and like i said i i think i might need to rewatch it yeah. in a bubble uh, of its own because mm. at that time I was just like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it was, it was super fun. You know, Phoenix does his crazy shit. Laredo uh, kid got to do some, some fun stuff. I feel like uh, in terms of the physicality, Pentagon didn't get to do that much, yeah. uh, which is a bit of a bummer, but you know, his spot, you know, when he broke up, uh, Kenny was going to do the Terminator dive and Pentagon stops him. And he's so expressive uh, in what he does, you know, waving his finger and then very slowly taking the glove off. I, yes. I, I love that so much. Yes. Um, and then tossing it to Rick Knox. It, it, stuff like that, you know, is fun. And it's part of the reason I love Pentagon so much. Yeah. You know, the crowd seemed to at least have an idea of what was going on because they were getting into the Sarah Miedo chance um, yes. as well. But yeah. I think it was the the maneuver of the match for me was um, I think Laredo Kid was holding one of the Jacksons on the top rope, and then Phoenix walked across the ropes and then did a, a, a Spanish fly yeah. uh, into yeah. into Kenny and Pentagon. Maybe I don't yeah. remember who, who they landed yeah. on, but it was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it, it was so crazy. And then the the big finish was Kenny basically murdered Laredo Kid with a V trigger <laughs> and hit the one wing angel. Yeah. One. Uh, one of the sickest V triggers I've ever seen. Yeah, there were a couple uh, of them too. Yeah, the one really, it almost you know KO'd yeah. him right there and knocked his head into the into row twenty. Uh, yeah. and then you know Fall Guy Laredo Kid coming in. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, we had the unsanctioned match between Joey Janela and John Moxley, which was everything you could want out of like a mid 2000 czw style match on yeah. a big stage uh goddamn mox is having the time of his life right now it's true um, you can tell he's really enjoying it uh crazy spots uh god janella uh did this s- absolutely sick snap uh russian leg sweep 
through a table on the floor and then also did a big elbow drop off of a 16 foot ladder. Um, They did uh, a spot with uh, a barbed wire wrapped chair, uh, which included the, uh, the mechanics rags covered in blood from uh, Moxley wrapping it up. I I thought that was a clever bit. They had a barbed wire board uh, and yeah, two barbed wire boards. And then, um, the the part that really grossed me out was uh they pulled out thumbtacks and mox uh took off uh janella's shoes and socks socks. yeah yeah that was cringe that was that was brutal uh you know tax spots always kind of get me a sort of thing um but uh yeah on the feet it was just oh god no uh it was fun you know look both of those guys know very well what they're getting into in matches like this and yeah um you know janela's selling of all the stuff was great and moxes oh my god but mox had like the sick sort of i'm loving this smile that really you know put the 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 loose cannony sort of uh character over yeah um so mox (laughs) of course goes over and then we get the build to all out as kenny omega runs out and they start beating the shit out of each other uh including a brawl through the the uh band setup yeah uh, complete with omega uh hitting um moxley with a non-gimmicked guitar across the back my only complaint is that they didn't gimmick the bass drum head so that when um uh mox's head went through it it, it would have you know went through it and not yeah just yeah yeah. yeah if yeah. i had a complaint it's that but the beatdown was great you know uh kenny showing his aggression and with all the props was it was really fun yeah a camera guy went down which was pretty amazing including the fact that moxley yeah. laughed his ass off at it uh and then um basically uh moxley was you know left beaten up and then he started to get up and move around with the help of the referees he turned on the referees yeah. and then omega comes down and beats the fuck out of him some more and the la- with a with a trash can and the last shot we see is moxley laughing with glee at what he's turned kenny omega into yeah fucking great yeah. uh uh, I'm now really looking forward to their match even more than I was after Double or Nothing. And also, I wonder what this is going to mean for the Kenny Omega Shima match a Fight for the Fallen. Is Kenny basically going to like lose his shit and get DQ'd or something? Maybe, or M- Mox might get involved somehow. Um, who knows? Um, but uh, but yeah, I thought the uh, the build for that was fun, I and mean, overall, it was it was a fun show. Yeah, um, you know. I had some air conditioning troubles in my apartment. So it was like 82 in here yeah. as I was watching it. So I was very yeah. uncomfortable and wanting it to end, but not because I wasn't enjoying it just because it was fucking hot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the show aside from a couple, you know, nitpicky sort of things. Uh, well, not really that nitpicky, but uh, yeah. you know, the chair shot, the pre-show stuff that fell flat. It was just, uh, you know, like you said earlier, not as good as double or nothing, but still a, better than average uh pay-per-view sort of show incredibly watchable full of fun talent uh turn off the pre-show after the opening match and then just pop straight to the main show yeah um hopefully some lessons have been learned on the aew side we'll see what happens in two weeks of fight for the fallen and uh yeah, on this super side edition of the Rough House podcast, uh, that, that covers a week that happened. We got another big week ahead of us. The G1's kicking off in Dallas on Saturday. 
Yeah, and based on everything else, I assume Triple H is going to form a new promotion with a bunch of guys he steals from NXT by midweek. So we'll see what happens there. God yeah, save I, us. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. God save us. Professional wrestling is putting us into an early grave. Uh, Just stay away from thumbtacks. Huh? Yeah, all of them. Don't step on them. Just don't nope. do it. I, I, I'm always wearing socks. Smart man. My feet are never nudes. <laughs> the Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at Roughhouse SGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Roughhouse at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J 2 1 N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P M lowercase L capital D N seven lowercase C three lowercase R lowercase F U V Q. This is the, the Rough, House, Rough House, House podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. For over 37 years, your source for all things Lucha Libre is Renta Lucha. Renta Lucha. Our Lucha doors do front flips, side flips, back flips, cross flips, under flips, over flips, and every other type of flip that you could ever desire. Renta Lucha. Our Lucha doors will entrance, amaze, allure, and arouse you and party guests for any occasion. Weddings, breezes, or Texas Tornado Tag Team Matches, our luchadors are second to none. Renta Lucha. Renta Lucha.